Welcome back to the number one podcast in the world. This is Bored at the Box Office, and I'm here with my two co-hosts at this point, Max Garrison and Montgomery Stringer. Say hello, boys. Hello. Hey. Hey. <laughs> and today we're going to be talking about a movie that none of us are excited to talk about. <laughs> oh, I'm excited because I love complaining. Oh, oh yeah. That, that fits. That fits the bill. It yeah. fits. Okay. We all do. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania. Quantum Ania. Quantum Ania. Yeah, there's one M between um and Ania. I don't even know who directed this. It doesn't it was, really it was directed it's, it's by Kevin, Peyton Reed. It's, the, it's called the Kevin Feige Machine. That's what directed it. Mm-hmm. Marvel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that he he's the executive producer of Marvel Max. I know. Marvel. Sorry, I was trying to mansplain. It's okay. Mansplaining to the Femboy. That's cute. Yeah. All right. I'm trying to explain to my peers that just because I'm making a podcast for Senior Project doesn't make me a um, a misogynist. <laughs> <laughs> Keep making yourself feel better. They're like, I, they're like, so um, you have a podcast? Oh. Oh, you must oh. be a Republican. Who oh, hates women. you must hate women. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I just like <laughs> movies. <laughs> I just like movies, man. <laughs> like movies, hate women, synonyms yeah, to me. It, it, All right, let me let me read weird. let me read you the synopsis. Yeah, give us give us a synopsis from Wikipedia. Okay, Wikipedia. this is how prepared we were. But this is a movie. Okay, so if you're lying on a Wikipedia article for a movie, get a life. Okay, Ant Man and the Wasp: Colon Quantumania is a 2023 American superhero film based on Marvel Comics featuring characters Scott Lang, or Ant-Man, Hope Pym, or The Wasp, period. Incomplete sentence, cool. Produced by Marvel Studios and distributed by Walt Disney Studios Motion Pictures, it is the sequel to 2015's Ant-Man. None of this is relevant to and the 2018's Ant-Man and the Wasp. We're getting there. It is the 31st <laughs> film of the MCU. Oh it was directed God. by Peyton Reed, written by Jeff Loveness, and stars Paul Rudd as Scott Lang and Evangeline Lilly as Hope Van Dyne. Blah, 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 blah. Synopsis of the movie. In the film, Lang and Van Dyne are transported to the quantum realm along with their family and face Kang the Conqueror, who is played by Jonathan Jonathan Majors. Majors. So we have an interesting movie for you today because it's a Marvel movie, um, which means that... It comes with a lot of crap. Which means that the budget was high. It was $200 million. Yeah, but it looked terrible. Well, whatever. We'll get there. It did look look really bad. And I talked to Mr. Cook about this today. You know, before I left, I went to Mr. Cook's room and I said, I'm podcasting with Alex. And he was like, you hate women. And after he he said that, he said, "Um, I heard that that movie was profoundly ugly. And I was like. It was profoundly ugly. It was was The color scheme sucked. Yeah, it was just. Did you say Paul Rudd was like. Voted like hottest man of the year. Well, that has nothing to do with what we're talking about right now, Max. But yes, Paul Rudd is Paul not. Well, Paul Rudd was like the Time Magazine's sexiest man of the year. Right? I find him to be very attractive. Yeah. <sighs> Call me by and I, ready to try with. This I by and ready to try. I That's think more. the visuals and Paul Rudd are about equal level in a. In attractiveness to me, I gotta I disagree with that. But that's neither here nor there. Let's just say that the um, the visual effects were terrible. Were not good, and it is so. I don't know where the money went. Two hundred million dollars. So much money went into this movie. Million for, dollars for the visual effects, with and, a, and it looks million. terrible. I was yeah. expecting it to be beautiful because it's, it's like about like a whole like new dimension. It's all green screen. The whole movie is green screen. Yeah. Yeah. There's no. There's no practical props in this movie. It's just they they shot the whole thing in front of a green screen. 
And so the quantum realm, for those who don't know, is is just like, I guess, really small. It's, it's the idea that an entire universe um, can exist with with accordance to relative size and all that jazz. I mean, it's hard to think about. Yeah. It's, it's really like, complicated. We are huge. The quantum realm is also huge. Because to get to the quantum realm, you have to be really small. So, right. like, obviously, so the idea, size matters uh, according to this movie. So, the, um, <laughs> don't laugh. That was not. That wasn't what you. It think wasn't it a is. joke. It wasn't a joke. the The idea is, if you are at the molecular level of size, then you can exist within a universe that exists at the molecular level of size. Yeah. And this universe is, you know. Um, adjacent to the one we live in. Yeah, and but it, it is, is not affected by our universe. And it's not affected, like they don't know another world exists. It's, it is the universe yeah. to the people within it. Yeah. And that's a big surprise to the, the audience because... No, it wasn't. This is a we, Well, the, the surprise was is that the quantum realm is discussed in previous Marvel movies, but it is not um, explored. explored. And we find out... Um, just how crazy it gets in this movie. Um, it sounds like um, I say that like it's a good thing. It's not. Um, it's weird. The quantum realm is weird. Um, it's too. It's too weird to be good. Yeah, it's just yeah. Like a, it's but it's Marvel movie weird. So it's weird in all of the predictable ways. There's there's too much going on. It's busy. It is the color. It is much is too busy. busy. There's too many of these like strange beings that are like introduced and then not at all like fleshed out. Like near the beginning of the movie, Ant Man, like and uh, and re- and remember, this is spoiler free. We're just talking about the yeah. Well, this is still in the beginning. Of the yeah, movie. of course, of course, of course. Just a little warning. He he like he comes across like these beings of people, and they're like they're only like brought up like mostly in the in that one scene and then like never again and that that's the way it felt for like every just new dead in writing yeah every new stupid character introduced some of them were funny like some of the writing was so bad it was funny like there is this is i mean the the spoiler section talking about a marvel movie involves spoilers so i guess i can pontificate more broadly then but right now I think that focusing on the dialogue is important because it's, it is a Marvel movie, which means that the dialogue needs to be written at the average American reading level. Okay. Yeah. It's like magic tree house. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's bad. I just imagine, it's bad. Imagine showing somebody that, you know, 10 years ago or, or 15 years ago, 2008, right? The only Marvel movie is is Iron Man or whatever, and you show them this movie as the current state of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Imagine, yeah, that would be tragic because I mean, Iron Man was a fantastic movie. It's just it's crazy how far it's descended gone. into. Yeah. It's it's become a money pit. It's become you know a comedy series at this point. I mean, especially Paul Rudd, he is. Um, He's a comedian. He's, I mean, he's a comedy actor. Yeah. That's what he was before um, he was casted in, in as Ant Man. They're they're casting comedians as characters now because that's the direction that they're going. They're 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 basically comedy movies, and their second secondary purpose is to be a based on an, on a comic book. And 
but the the problem is, and that, and that's there's the time and a place for that. But um, the problem is, it's not funny. Bill Murray. <laughs> Bill Murray is in this movie. Bill Murray is in this movie, and that like Bill Murray is capable of being in movies that are not comedies. Bill right. Murray was in Moonrise Kingdom, which mm-hmm. is not a which is even weirder than this movie was, well, but is not Bill a. Bill Murray's in like every Wes Anderson movie. That's true. But the, well, every Wes Anderson movie is kind of a, a comedy too. They're like dark comedies. Yeah, yeah. Moonrise Kingdom is a dark comedy. I mean, Lost in Translation. But Bill Murray is capable of being serious because Bill Murray's character in Moonrise Kingdom is not well, funny. Well, Bill Murray, Bill Murray is a very he's an incredible actor. Like he's very um, versatile. Versatile. That's yeah. I, I like Bill Murray and. When I saw that Bill Murray was in this movie and was told that on the way to the theater by Alex, I rejoiced because I was hoping that I would be able to sit in the audience and just see Bill Murray and really just enjoy myself because that services me as a fan to see someone who I actually respect in the movie. The problem is, is that Bill Murray has at most five minutes of screen time. Yeah. And he's not a likable character either. He's not a likable character, which is fine. I mean, Bill Murray has been in all kinds of movies where he's a jerk. Like, what about Bob? I don't like that character, and a lot of people do. So, I mean, yeah, cool. at, at this point, though, I mean, it was still one of the highlights of, of the movie, yeah. seeing Bill Murray. Yeah, sure. one of the highlights of the movie is seeing Bill Murray, but he gets five minutes of screen time. His character sucks because there's zero backstory given to his character. Yeah. Like, a whole movie took place about. Um, was it was her name Janet? Yeah, yeah. About Janet Pym? No. Yes, maybe. Don't know her last it's, name. Yeah, it's it's the, Janet. She's the old chick. Um, old chick. Yeah, grandmother. So she was. Yeah. She was stuck in the quantum realm for, for like thirty years. thirty years. Um, because you know her husband was doing research on it, or they were doing research on it together, and the deal is that she With got their, her back, and then. Then they all got sent to the, the quantum, uh, realm. The quantum realm, and she the whole knows family. But she is like a seasoned vet. She there. knows like everything about know the her. quantum realm, and then does not give that exposition until we see Bill Murray. Because really, there are two plot lines happening in this movie parallel to each other: the one with her and the one with Ant Man himself. And they involve until like the last thirty minutes of this movie's runtime, which is in total one hundred and twenty-four minutes. Um, they do not cross paths. And so the exposition is done in this really annoying formula where you watch Janet do stuff and expose a little bit. And then you watch Ant-Man do stuff and expose a little bit. And then mm-hmm. you are confused for like an hour yeah, because it, that boing, 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 boing happens. It's like that tennis match happens every 10 or so minutes for 60 minutes. So you get six like jump cuts to a completely different part of the quantum realm, which looks different. Yeah, and is, that is different. True. I, I haven't even thought about that. Like the plot is structured in a way that it's just little by little revealing more stuff that happened in the past or more context about the quantum realm. But there's like, really no plot of it. Like if so. they had made this movie after they made a movie where they introduced the quantum realm about the quantum realm, then that would have been cool because this movie really isn't about the quantum realm. It's about Kang, which is. The, the villain. villain. Yeah. So um, let's get into kind of the more technical side of of what makes the movie bad or good. So we've talked about how it looks, but let's talk about the dialogue a little bit, like how the characters interacted with each other. What do we feel like? Do we think that this was written well? I feel like things in this movie, like the characters, it like the way I saw the movie, the characters didn't like, 
go through conflict, the conflict went through them. That's the way I'm visioning it in my mind. Hmm. So like Ant-Man and Cassie, I think, were like the two together. They would go to a place. They would like walk to a place and then something would happen to them and then they would go to the next place like they something would happen yeah they didn't overcome any challenges Mm -hmm. they just kept experiencing new things which which is why the like idea of the quantum realm is so like poorly fleshed out is because if we knew more about the quantum realm it would have been more interesting to see them like discover everything that's new but since we don't know what's going on. We're also trying to figure out what's going on, and they are as well. So it's like it's very like confusing to see like characters like interact with the world because we just don't know what's going on. I think something that was interesting to me, um, knowing the context behind it, was the relationship between Ant Man and his daughter Cassie. Um, because if you've seen the movies, you know that. Ant-Man was, you know, blipped or whatever, like he disappeared, and um, and she didn't. So she aged five years, um, and he didn't. So in the first Ant-Man movie, she's like maybe 12 years old, mm-hmm. but now all of a sudden... She's a teenager. She's she's like older. She's like, what, like 18 or she's 19? She's 18, yeah. And, and he's not that old. So it, it's kind of this weird... It's kind of a weird thing because he, I mean, the character of, of Scott Lang is, is not that old. And he has this um, adult, adult daughter. daughter who he missed so much of her childhood. So he kind of still treats her like a kid. I mean, he, he doesn't, was in prison. Right. So he doesn't, he, doesn't want to, he doesn't want to accept the fact that he has an adult daughter now. Because he didn't kind of witness her growing up for mm-hmm. himself. And this is weird and annoying. Yeah. It's kind of a strange a strange relationship that I guess it, it kind of has a good um, growth. Yeah, this the is the only plot. like decent writing. I think the relationship between Scott Lang and Cassie is well written compared to the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I actually believe that these two people care about each other, which is rare for Marvel movies. Usually, you're like, okay. But in this case, I was like, okay. Yeah. That's something you talked about a lot in the last episode was how it, you, when there's a relationship on screen, you want them to prove it, and you want it to be believable. So you're saying that yeah. this one was believable to you? It was. It's difficult for me to look at... A relationship on screen and believe that it's real like believe that these two people actually care about each other even in the moment because usually it's not written to where they would have a reason to but in this case there is a reason and it's that scott lang has not been present for his daughter's childhood because he is divorced he was in prison and then he was in the quantum realm for five years because of his own like doodah with being right, right, Ant-Man. Right. Oh yeah, I remember that now. Like the rat got him out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this all this stuff happened. And like he doesn't really understand that his daughter is her own person mm-hmm. that is not affected by him because he wasn't there. And so like there is obviously some self hatred there that carries over from the other movies with 
Scott Lang that is still present in this movie and we actually see development of that like moving through the plot and that felt good like as an audience member I was like oh my goodness this is cute um, as far as other people's relationships were concerned it didn't really feel that way yeah in this movie I think that this movie had a lot of one-offs that will never come back in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and that feels like a wasted opportunity to me because that's the whole point of Marvel is introduce a character and keep that character around for a couple of years make that shmoney and kill him yeah I, mean, I want to have that experience what's so interesting about Marvel is that at this point the movies are not about the characters themselves it's about the greater development plot yeah like there's no way that they would make a trilogy. This is the third Ant-Man movie. There's no way that they would make three $200 million movies about Ant-Man. The whole point of this movie had nothing to do with Ant-Man. The whole point of this movie was to set up Kang and the quantum realm as a um, part of the next Avengers movie that's going to make a billion dollars. Now, like, that, like that is the point of these movies is is the the setup. The setup. They're setting up other stuff. This is so, not a, this movie is unimportant within itself. It is to set up Kang and mm-hmm. the other characters for you know the the big Avengers movie that's going to come out in two years. Right. And if you okay, Marvel the Marvel Cinematic Universe works by dividing its movies into phases, mm-hmm. which are like the Star Wars trilogies, if right. you want something to compare it to. So Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, is the first movie in Phase 5, right. which is the second phase of the multiverse saga. Okay, Now, I haven't seen enough Marvel movies to know what that means, or really care, because I don't. And this is yeah. the same thing that Mr. Cook said. So yeah, it's, it's like, basically, the, the big Avengers movies are... Are kind of like the big hurrah like they are where those are your all boss the characters yeah. those are where all the, those movies are when all the characters come together against one big baddie like one big villain um that they all have some um motivation to yeah. to want to defeat so this this like multiverse kind of thing um that they've been setting up now that they've moved on from thanos who was the last big one they it's going to be Kang. They're setting up Kang, as, Kang as the next one. So this this movie, really the biggest role of this movie is has nothing to do with Ant-Man. It is to set up Kang, um, tell the backstory of Kang. Really, that's what this movie is. It's, right. It's Kang's backstory. It's about Kang. Like they, they, um, they talk about Kang. So we are basically getting into um, spoilers already. This is We're talking about the plot of the movie. So let's just, let's just make it official. Let's give our, give our thoughts... Our little, our little out of 10 real quick, and then we'll um, start officially talking about spoilers so we don't have to hold back at all. This movie, for me, gets a solid 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10. Because I was accepted into the University of South Carolina while I was watching this movie. <laughs> Whatever. And that does affect its connotation for me. I get, yeah, I, I so, guess so, yeah. That. So this movie, for me, good experience for that reason. Um, to be fair to the movie, or really to be unfair to the movie... And to this, you know, separate my experience from what I actually think the movie itself for you will look like, probably closer to a six out of ten. Yeah, um, that's yeah. That's, um, I give it probably a six out of ten um, because just like every other Marvel movie, 
It is artless, but it is entertaining. It was entertaining. It's entertaining, but there is absolutely nothing about it that um, makes you think and um, makes your brain better. It is, true. it is mindless. It is a it is a mindless piece of corporate entertainment. Yeah. 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 So what do you think, Max? I <laughs> I gave it. Well, I walked out of the movie. Or I was sitting waiting for the post credit scene. And I pulled up Letterboxd on my phone, and I gave it a two and a half, which is like a five out of ten. Yeah. And I still think about that way. My thoughts on this movie didn't change much from the five minutes after it ended. I still have like all the same like problems with it. There's nothing that I've like thought yeah. over really. It's it is just. A piece of entertainment that you go and you watch and you drink the big gulp and you eat so at the true. popcorn and so true. That's that's honestly yeah. about all the movie gives. God Beautiful. bless. And just another nice big film to to drive all the the good ones out of screen times at. Yeah, so it takes up every screen in the theater because yep. it's a Marvel movie. And mm-hmm. to be fair with you, they like knew that it wasn't good because it didn't take up many screens in the theater. Yeah, it took up like it two or three, on, like, three of like of them. Sixteen. Yeah, Chardell sixteen. They so were showing more they, showings. They knew they can't compete with Cocaine Bear. They they uh, were yeah, competing yeah. with Cocaine Bear, and there were more showings of Jesus Revolution than the. I guarantee Ant-Man. you that Cocaine Bear makes more money than this movie. Yeah, and I wish that I had seen Cocaine Bear now. Yeah, I gave you the choice. No, I wanted to see the Marvel movie because because yeah, you like complaining. Because I do like complaining. I watched. You knew you, knew you would love Cocaine was it good? Oh, yeah. It was good. I it, it was it was bad. Like it was. Well, hold it was. On, I might do an episode on it, but it was bad. But it was it was, it was bad. Good. But it was good. It was we good for go, what it is. We should see Cocaine Bear like tomorrow. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I mean, I have detention. <laughs> so after I get out of detention, you have detention. Yeah, for tardies. That's so out of character. Yeah. Will Will is on spring break, so I want to do something with him. Ooh, yeah. that'd be good. I, like I love cocaine bear. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's do spoilers now. Pause. Okay. Spoilers. So um, spoil me, Daddy. <laughs> what? <laughs> ruined. Absolutely ruined. Okay. Modoc. That's all I want to talk about. What the heck is that guy? Why does a Why does Modoc exist in a live action? Movie franchise. I liked how they CGI'd his head, and I liked how it was huge. He was rotund, and man. I, I liked how I could. I sent a picture of it to Bethany during the middle of the movie, and she was like, "Lol, is that Modoc?" Yeah, I was I mean, like, "Yeah, yeah." yeah I just, is? I just don't like so little of the characters in the MCU are completely comic accurate, like the suits are, like they're the way they look. Modoc, Modoc is completely comic accurate. When it when it with his suits like the, if if you don't know the character of Murdoch, Google it, Google it so you know what we're talking about. M O D O K. It is. That's a, not Murdoch. That's Modoc. Yeah, not Murdoch. <laughs> <laughs> um, Modoc is is a is a villain in Marvel, that is a giant floating head with missiles and um, cannons that has weapons. What does it stand for? It's like. I, I I have the Wikipedia up. It's like mechatronic, me- mechatronic. You people are so bad. Only death, designed, only designed for death and killing. You know what? I think that I should just. I think that I should just like read what it actually is on Wikipedia. Give me a second, yeah, nerd. Go ahead, buddy. But, <laughs> a mechanized organism designed only for killing. Yeah. So, Modoc. 
Modoc. Okay. It is a it is a giant floating head with um, stubby legs and with, arms with tiny little hands and, and a staring cross legs. and it is from Ant-Man. It is absolutely hysterical looking. Oh, it was funny. Every time that his mouth moved, you could see yeah. like, the graphics cards on fire trying to render like the giant head his, that took up numerous pixels, okay? His mouth like stretch across the entire, entire width of his face so it's like wrapped around like this like spherical structure so so he like talks and you can like see the like side of his mouth open on the side of his face when he's like not directly facing the camera and have y'all seen shark boy and lava girl i haven't it's it's george lopez yeah max it is like it is like the the villain from shark boy and lava girl like the george lopez character which is by the way a um low budget nickelodeon movie that should not be comparable to a $200 $200 million budget Marvel movie, but it is. Um, it Here is. We are. It is. And um, that was my favorite part of the movie when Modoc appeared because mm. not because it made the movie better, but because it made me laugh. It made me laugh hysterically. And that, I needed that at the time. So thank you, Marvel. Yeah, it was funny. <laughs> um, Thanks, Marvel. Thank you. And Modoc. Becomes a good guy in the end. And he dies. Because of Cassie, <laughs> and then he dies. And so Cassie convinces... Like, I, like comic-accurate Modog was programmed to kill. Right. And so is a computer, and thus could not make the decision to become a good guy. But... But... He's Darren. He's Darren. And Darren has a big head... He's got a big brain. Huh, I see what you did there. And Darren has an even bigger head in this movie because it has been enlarged. And he has stubby little arms and legs. He can't walk. He hovers. Okay. But he makes a giant decision. floating head with missiles. But he makes the decision to be a good guy. Because Cassie tells him, don't be a dick. Yep. Literally. That is the climactic line in this movie. That is why it's rated what it is. This is why this movie is terrible. Yeah, because Cassie says, "Don't be a dick," and like Modoc says, meant "To be the most impactful line of dialogue in, this in movie. the whole movie." Like, if Cassie had not become a political activist and become a liberal or whatever, and had not told Modoc not to be a dick, the plot of this movie would have ended there. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that sucked. I didn't. I did <laughs> not like that. I felt like I had been ripped off after watching a hundred minutes of Marvel movie. Just for don't be a dick. Mm. That made me feel like a dick. For watching the movie. For watching the movie. I should have saw Cocaine Bear. I, honestly, I should, <laughs> I should have seen Cocaine should Bear. should have seen Cocaine Bear. I should have seen Cocaine Bear. It was worth it for the five minutes of Bill Murray. Yeah, so yeah, let's Bill talk Murray about was, Bill Murray. Yeah. All right. Bill Murray was excellent. His character was good. It was funny. It was hilarious. It was funny. It was yeah. Bill Murray on my screen, and was, I loved it. There was a little octopus guy that looked like a stuffed animal that I almost bought for Bethany, <laughs> and and they made it huge, and then it started killing people, and it ate Bill Murray, and I loved that. Yeah, so that it, whole like it was like in a cocktail. Dream was excellent. Yeah. Well, when they were in the bar, they had an alien bar. It was yeah. like Star Wars. Yeah, it, it was felt like, yeah. A lot, a lot of this movie felt like Star Wars. That's what I wanted to say. Disney owned Star Wars, and so Disney. If again. this movie was like a garbage Star Wars, it's like it was like yeah, it was even worse than the sequel trilogy. Yeah, it wasn't Star Wars. It was. It's like if 
It was like if you showed someone Spaceballs who hadn't seen Star Wars, but then you removed everything funny from Spaceballs. And only cut the Star Wars stuff. Yeah, that was kind of what that this movie was the vibe like. of that scene. Because they walk in the Mos Eisley Cantina in the quantum realm. And, and this dude comes in on this big giant spaceship. spaceship. And he is cool, okay? And they do this thing where you have to drink the goo from the holes. A whole I other scene cool. to speak English. And I, I liked that part. I thought that was cool. That was cool. I think, yeah, so basically all the, the quantum mania, quantum mania characters... Um, speak a different language. They all speak different languages. Quantumanian. But the way that they um, all communicate with each other is they drink this goo, this red goo. That comes out of that this is, one's character, is, specific yeah, that character. Is created by the biological um, features of a, a creature. So it is a, um, I guess you would call it a um, discharge of sorts. And, it, and it, yeah. And they drink yeah, it. Excretes it. Yeah. They, um, they drink it, and they are able to understand all the language of the quantum yes. realm. They have to convince all the people who haven't drank it to drink it, though. Yeah. So they do like this like cultish it ritual. They all have guns. Drink the ooze. Drink the ooze. Yeah, but you can't even tell what they're saying before because you, you drink the ooze. The, the audience does not speak the language until... The main yeah. character, respectively, drinks it. So yeah. we see the quantum realm like either Ant-Man or the granddad because neither of them have been there. So this is good writing because I felt like a foreigner until he drank the ooze. Yep, he drank the ooze. And then I was afraid that they would sacrifice him to the ooze god before. And I thought that the ooze god would like do something horribly violent. And then it became like a funny joke. And I felt robbed when it became a funny joke. Yeah, I was like, "This dude has no holes, and he's complaining about how he has no holes." And it was a holes joke. And Scott yeah, Lang has that is classic, seven holes. That is classic Marvel humor, right there. He was like, "He was like, do you have holes?" <laughs> and Ant Man was like, "I have holes. I have numerous." And then the yeah. mind reader guy was like, "This guy is whole." And then that was the joke <laughs> that we all hated, and we all feared that it would become. Um, the audience of this podcast knows what the joke was, so we can just leave that there. Further, the Holes guy does become a giant mutant at the end because mm-hmm. he gets he gets shot and he gets a hole and he gets a hole. So the and Holes he, joke was important to the plot of the Marvel movie, and I think that is also a terrible thing. He he rejoiced at the end of the film or near the end of the film that he got shot and he lived. He's like. He was like, I "Oh my god, I have a hole in the middle." And then he becomes this giant, like, Kirby. and then he, yeah, and then he Kirby's and he like <laughs> sucks up like eight guys and swallows them for breakfast. And it's then, so stupid. It was funny. It was. Funny. It was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> but it was dumb. But yeah. it was like it was, so it's a Marvel funny. movie. That's that shouldn't be so a Marvel. Was, movie. So what we're trying to say with all of this, you know, unplanned dialogue that isn't structured at all and probably is confusing to listen to. The, there was no consequences, hardly for anything. The movie felt like a big joke. And let's talk about why. I was doing some Googling on the Wikipedia, and I looked at the Marvel phases, okay? Oh, here we go. And in 2025, there is a movie released called oh, Avengers colon, Kang Dynasty. Right. Okay, now what this means is this. 
we wasted our time watching this movie about Ant-Man because it wasn't about him. It was about Kang. That's what I said. And this is, this is what you said. That's what I said. That's what you said. Now, the reason why this ticks me off is because I came to go see a movie about Ant-Man. That's what I wanted. I wanted Ant-Man. Is that what you really wanted? That's what I wanted. Ant-Man. I did. That's what you really wanted to see was Paul Rudd on your... Yes. Okay. I mean... I wanted to see Paul Rudd because I liked the original Ant-Man. I liked the 2015. I I didn't see Ant-Man. It was good. Or Ant-Man and the Wasp. I don't know. I think... um, My standards are lower than Alex's, but they're not as low as this movie. It seems like the way Marvel movies work is when a character gets a trilogy, the first movie is normally the best one because it is self-contained within the world of that character. It is purely about that character. That's true. And it doesn't normally serve to um, carry on the plot of the entire thing. So the first Ant-Man movie is about Ant-Man. Yeah, and then Ant-Man was in Captain America Civil War because he existed. Right, so... um, Afterwards, the second and third movie of said trilogies become what world this movie building, was, yeah. which is world building. It is preparation for the for Marvel's annual attempt to um, break box office records, which is an Avengers movie. So, so it 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 kind of declines in value as the movies go on, and this movie is not about Ant Man. It's 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 about Kang. And I did not like it. Yeah. I didn't like Kang either. No. Well, the thing about Kang is that he has unlimited power. Yeah. That's what I didn't like about him is that he's like, he has unlimited he's power. all powerful. And because he's all powerful, he has zero reason to do anything. If I had unlimited power, I would do screw all on a daily basis. I would not conquer the world if I had If I had unlimited power, power, I would make my little slice of paradise excellent. That's all you can do. I I don't I if I I mean absolute power corrupts absolutely or whatever, and so eventually I would become a bad person. Like, come on, but man, I would become gotta... a bad person in I think a different way. And at the end of the movie, in the post-credit scene, okay, we see numerous kings, many kings, numerous like so many like in like, a, a stadium full. Yeah, there's like they are gladiatorial combating, and that was confusing because one was dressed like a priest or something. And then there was another that was dressed like a pharaoh, and then it reminded me of Stargate, and then I realized, remembered how much I actually liked that movie, and then I wish I had seen Cocaine Bear. I think I kind of understand this because I am an avid watcher of Rick and Morty, right? (laughs) And this... No, this this is good. This plot, this plot, this Kang plot... Morty. ...is completely, I repeat, completely stolen from Rick and Morty. The plot of Rick and Morty is, or a, a um, reoccurring plot of Rick and Morty is, something called the Rickest Rick. So, and, and Rick and Morty also ex- explores the idea of the multiverse and um, parallel universes. So, there are, the idea is that there is a Rick and there is a Morty in every single universe. And all of these Ricks um, came together um, in a central location um, to come together and they work together. There's like a council of Ricks and each member of the council is a different Rick from a different parallel universe. But there's one Rick that is the Rickest Rick. And he is the, the most Rick 
of Rick. the Ricks. Like he is the smartest. He's the most devious. He is the one who does um, things that are not approved by the other Ricks. So he is kind of banished from the Council of Ricks. And like he is, he is an outcast because he is considered dangerous. This is what happens with Kang. And why he's in the quantum and realm. And why he's in the quantum realm. He So <clears throat> the idea is that there is a Kang, there's a Kang from every universe, parallel universe. And they all together decided that this particular Kang, Kang the Conqueror, must be banished to the quantum realm because he is too dangerous. He is the Kang that is a threat to the universe. Because he has decided that he wants to own it. Because he wants to conquer so he is banished to the quantum realm, and that is stolen from Rick and Morty. I rest my case. I mean, I've read an SCP article on the SCP wiki that was probably written by a 16-year-old that is about the, same. about the same that was before Rick and Morty. Like, the idea of, like, I the, guess... The baddest bad yeah, guy. Yeah, like, 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 the superlative you, I guess, has existed literally for a long time i'm not you know smart enough to know when the first instance of it was but that is not an uncommon thing even though most of the people that go to see a marvel movie don't know that and so they see the marvel movie as like the coolest like new thing which brings me to the whole like idea of marvel movies i guess which is that they take a story that has been told and reskin it to be funny with people who are famous. Yep. That's the whole business that model. Is and it's Marvel Cinematic working game. really well. But this movie, according to Wikipedia, as of whenever the Wikipedia article was last updated, which could be a long time ago, has only made four hundred and twenty point three million dollars. Only four hundred and twenty million dollars. Which is a significant amount of money, but that's not really close to what Marvel shoots for, generally. So, my question is, is if Marvel continues to make filler movies that are bad, that people don't bother to go see. Like Mr. Cook was saying, he hasn't seen a Marvel movie in a long time because of the reputation that they have. He just doesn't bother. I wonder if people will also not go see Avengers movies... Because the characters that are in those movies that they liked have been killed off in previous phases. And since they haven't seen the filler movies where the characters that they should like have been introduced, they just won't go see them. And they'll make less money. That's interesting. I mean, I, th- I think at this point, um, what you're saying is a ways away just because, I mean, the last time an Avengers movie came out, Endgame or whatever, yeah, it was an event. Like it was yes. Though, every, I mean, yeah. Every single person saw it. Like it was. I didn't see it. Yeah, of course you didn't. But I saw it. I mean, it was like people that don't go to the movies, people that don't care about Marvel, people who don't care about movies, don't go see movies. Went to see a Endgame. Like it was. I it was a global event, and it made too much money. Like a bajillion dollars. It made so much money. I'll tell so you how much I, I just think that it for the time being, the way the world is, um, I mean, it will still be huge. Yeah, Avengers Endgame. Streaming, <laughs> streaming services, though, 
are going to make it smaller. And yeah. Disney especially is going to start moving in the direction away from movie theaters. Um, Good. They're going to start using Disney Plus as a as a central release form in the future. Um, they're going to do that thing where they charge an extra fee when a movie is in its release yeah. um, period, and then they'll release it for free on or not for free, but for subscription on Disney Plus, and that and that's going to end up being the way it is. I mean, the reality is is that movie theaters are dying, but. That's, That's depressing. Yeah. Avengers Endgame didn't make two point seven nine nine billion with a B yeah. billion dollars. Crazy. More. That's more than the GDP of like some countries. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and that was not long ago. I mean, That's twenty nineteen. Yeah. It's it's not going to a change. It's not going to change that much. I mean, it's it's going to be huge when whenever this this Kang movie comes out, people are going to see it. There are going to be a lot of people that see it that do not know any of the context. Um, that the Marvel universe provided for the last five years with their other films, but they don't really need it. And they're going to, they're going to make a plot where they don't really need yeah, it. Yeah. And they also don't need people. I mean, as long as people buy the ticket, it doesn't matter if they like the movie. Right. Um, the box office of the total revenue generated by all 11 of Marvel's phase three films, according to Wikipedia is $13.5 billion. So does it really matter? <laughs> like, and that and that doesn't even that is just movie. Um, yeah, that is just from ticket sales. But when you take into account merchandise, um, after I mean DVD sales, subscriptions, subscriptions online, um, people who go to buys, the parks too, um, theme big parks, part of it. stuff like that. I mean, it's it is so much more than that. They have built. I mean, it's really, it's crazy. It's an empire. It's crazy how big it is. And yeah. It, and it's like, it's unlike anything that's ever been done before. I mean, what other, whatever other 33 movie franchise is there? And it doesn't seem like they're anywhere close to stopping at this point. I mean, they've been doing it for 15 years and doesn't, keep going. doesn't seem like they are close to the end. When I when we were doing this podcast and I was thinking, staring off into space across the yard out there, I thought, you know, when I'm 40 or something and I get like the flu for a week, I'll be able to sit down and start a Marvel movie the instant I get sick and watch Marvel movies continuously back to back, even when I'm sleeping. And when I get done being sick like a week later, I would not have completed the total runtime of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yep. And that is, I think, what they're building like you said, with streaming services, mm-hmm. is and that I mean now there's a place where you can go see Star Wars per month, and, and there is Marvel. every single Marvel movie in one spot. Yeah, you can yeah. watch all of them in the same place. I mean that's crazy. People, I think, are gonna turn on like movies like this, like how old people watch the news. They just turn it on in the living room, and then they do whatever else, and it's just something to have on the TV. Something yeah. mindless that you can just like. And there, and there are so many to. people out there that would probably disagree with everything that we're saying right now, and that love Marvel so much, and that watch every single movie over and over again, um, that are deep into the the lore of the of the films or whatever. There's a lot of those people. Yeah, and one thing that is interesting is that. Like, I'm not a big Disney fan. I have never been to Disney World. I have never been to Disneyland. I've never been to, I've never been to California, so fun. 
I've been to Florida. I, I've been to Universal. I have not been to Disney. The only person I know who goes to Disney frequently is my girlfriend, and her family doesn't even have Disney Plus. They don't watch. That's crazy. They don't really watch. Like, like, what are you even talking about? Oh they, don't my really, God. they don't really watch Marvel movies, and she doesn't really like Marvel movies, even though she is a huge Disney person. Well, I so, feel like at this point they well, Marvel was Marvel before it was right. Disney. Part of Disney. Yeah. It's it's kind of the same thing with Star Wars. Yeah, it's, the, it's Star the same Wars, thing with Disney Star Wars. Movies. But I mean, it's just at this point. But Marvel, the MCU was not like this until right. But that's my point: Disney. is that Disney is making franchises worse. Right. Out of but greed. They're out of greed, money. and so and they're making more money. But is that sustainable for the long term? And I and I, I mean, I hate that this podcast has become so political. But we knew that would happen. No, you don't. So. You do not. You do not hate so, that. I don't. I don't. I lied. I you love make, it. I actually. wanted to make myself look like a good person, okay? And so, typical politicians lying. But I, you know, I don't know. This 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 movie represents a decline. They um, all do. Because <laughs> this movie is the most recent, which means that it is the worst. I mean, I think that Captain Marvel was worse because it was less funny because Bill Murray was not in Captain Marvel. If Bill Murray had been in Captain Marvel, this movie would be worse. Is that because it has a female lead? No, it's because Captain Marvel didn't make much sense to me. Like, I couldn't keep up with the plot. Yeah, that was terrible. It was really I mean, bad. Yeah. The, the, like, the, the, the female lead from that movie, I remember being good. Like the acting in these movies is always fine because these like, are very famous I like Brie people. Larson because she was in um, Scott Pilgrim. Like these are famous people who were very she good. The drummer. No, she was the. Um, she was um, Scott's ex. That was like a famous rock star. Oh yeah, yeah. She's good. So like good good actors, like suppressed by terrible writing. Mm-hmm. Typically, is well, what happens. I don't know. I wouldn't call Paul Rudd a good actor. <laughs> I like Paul Rudd. I, I like Paul Rudd he too. Is very call- when I think about Paul Rudd, I don't think about a lot. He's. I think about oh, how attractive Brian. he is. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I don't Brian think Paul Rudd is. He's he's cute. I don't think he's all that. I don't think he's a bag of chips either. He's yeah, cute. So so when I think of when I think of Paul Rudd, I think of his character from Anchorman, who like, um, he's like a lady killer. He's awesome. Okay. Yeah. He, he's the he's the guy with the Sex Panther cologne. And yeah, Anchorman, you know what I'm talking about. He like opens up his closet, and he's got like a thousand colognes in there. And but then he like pulls out a leather case and opens it, and then there's like a bottle, and it's like a Black Panther. And he says, "This is Sex Panther. It's a pheromone cologne." And he like sprays it on his neck, and then like four women just like run inside their room and just like jump on top of him. Cool. That is not Ant Man, unfortunately. Unfortunately, yeah. Now he's now he's just a dumb Marvel character. With an adult daughter. With an adult daughter. He's been to prison. He's divorced. The beginning. Divorced in prison. And now he's a superhero. Yay. Yay. The beginning and end of this movie, uh, it opens with Paul Rudd walking, or Scott Lang walking down the street, narrating himself. Yeah, just walking down the street. We hate narration. Yeah. And it ends the same way. Hi. I'm Scott. And I'm actually Ant-Man, too. And I am also divorced. And I'm divorced. And I wrote a book. And about people, divorce. About saving the world. I saved oh. the world. People think I'm Spider-Man. <laughs> because I'm not actually that famous. I don't know. Felt, 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 felt interesting. The music, the score of this movie, 
forgot it already. Yeah, nothing. I, I don't remember, I don't remember it. a yeah. single thing. At this point, Marvel movies are all the same score. I mean, they're just the the grand cinematic things, but there's nothing special about yeah. them except maybe the Black Panther ones because they have to make it culturally unique because it's African. Yeah, I haven't seen the latest Black Panther. I did. Is it good? Yeah, I, uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it more than good because they had to make it good because of Chadwick Boseman's death. I mean, they they couldn't make a, a completely corporate corporate greedy movie, which it was, but they couldn't make it completely <laughs> like that because it would have been disrespectful. Yeah, they couldn't make it like soulless. Yeah, they it's still it's still like artless, it's, it's but it's not the soulless. most emotional Marvel movie I've ever seen. Oh wow! Because the man is like right. Yeah. RIP. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was good. I liked it. But, it, I mean, it was better than the Sandman movie. I have Disney Plus. I'll just go see it when I get home. If you want to. I don't. <laughs> it's, I, I don't know if I'd recommend it because it's like, you know what you're getting into when you watch it. Like, it's good, but, like, you're also, you like, don't need it. Yeah. It's like whenever you walk in, like, into the graveyard, you know, you know where you're going. Yeah. Right. It's going to be depressing because that's the connotation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've been talking for a while. Yeah. We've said what we need to say. More than we need to say. Probably much more. No. Um, That's okay. It was cute. I enjoyed the whole experience. It was fun. I We're, mean any any excuse I get to yeah, spend yeah. time with my boys. It's, it's cute. And this echoey yeah. room. No regrets. Yeah. Heck um, yeah, man. Heck so, yeah, man. Um, Oscars totally. Oscars are this Sunday. We'll talk about those. In the next episode, of course, um, will it be on Cocaine Bear? Maybe. Will it be on the third Creed movie? I don't know. Um, Cocaine Bear's better. Probably. I don't yeah. know. I, I, I'm excited to see the Creed movie. I, like, I, I, like I don't Creed. really care about Rocky. Yeah, whatever, man. Or any of the extended Rocky-verse. Shut up. I like Cocaine okay. Bear. So, um, <laughs> I like thank Cocaine you, Thank you for Bear. listening um, to the number one podcast in the world. Um, go follow me on Instagram or follow the podcast on Instagram at Board at the Box Office. I post very cool graphics and stuff and memes and stuff that you want to see. Yeah. Um, I'll download them. Tell your friends I need to get more listeners so I can show growth on my product development for this senior project. So that would be helpful. Yeah. um, I will send this to numerous people. Send it to everybody you know. Okay. I need to to be able to show Miss Earl that people are listening we can make our episode the most popular one. Yeah. Let's do it. I'll text okay. Bethany tonight and say, could you listen to this? Spread it around the world. Yeah, and then we're she'll be like, when does it come out? We're going I'll be Bible, like, I don't baby. Um, I'll, I'll put it out soon. When Alex feels like it. I'm behind, so I'm going to have to edit this quickly. Cool. All right. Thanks for listening. Love you so much. Love you guys. Kiss, kiss. Tell your parents you love them because maybe they, they won't be here for forever. Okay, bye. <laughs>